Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. And Mike, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Action. I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but uh, I anticipate some upsets this weekend, so I'm fired up about it. Yeah, we're, we're fired up to it about it as well, man. And I know that uh, I, last week we were feeling about Arkansas and their chances against a and we'll, we'll, we'll just ask you about that real quick and then move forward into the SEC. Just what do you make of that performance, and do you feel like that was more just a, a bad game by Arkansas, or do you feel like after that game to have a lot more things to be concerned about? You know, I, honestly, I think that was one of the worst games I've, I've ever seen from K.J. Jefferson, and, and that's saying something because it's not like he was horrendous. And they were driving to potentially win the football game, but if you remember, John, I said, I think A&M's going to win it, but I just don't know how. I, I just don't, I don't see the path to it. And, of course, we saw the craziness that ensued. So, um, I, I mean, I feel like I had a good pulse for what was going to happen. And it, and it just played out that way, even though I was predicting Arkansas to win. Uh, that's just a wacky, wacky series. And, no, one loss does not curtail anything, I don't think, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I think, if anything, you know, you, there's a natural letdown after the first loss of the season, but the best way to get right back up is mighty undefeated Alabama coming to Fayetteville. Mike, we're going to dig in and cover these games in the SEC this week, uh, but which one is most piquing your interest right now? Well, I mean, it's obviously Alabama-Arkansas, but if you're asking me outside of that, I think Kentucky-Ole Miss, just because it's hard to know what to make of either one of those teams. I mean, Kentucky's best win on the road at Florida. How good of a win is that really? Florida's already got two losses, whereas Ole Miss, the only team they've played that uh, with a pulse, and I, and I don't even know if you could say that, is Georgia Tech, which turned around and fired their coach. It was so ugly and disgraceful. So we're going to learn a lot about Kentucky and Ole Miss this weekend and see which one of these is, is truly an SEC contender this season. Now let's start with the game that some people thought maybe should have gotten uh, the 2.30 kickoff, but it's okay by us, and that is the – Ole Miss-Kentucky game. Now, Ole Miss really hasn't been tested at a high level. They are undefeated this year. And Kentucky, they they had a nice little win on the road in Gainesville against Florida, which obviously Florida doesn't look to be as good of a team as what people thought after that Utah game, but still to win on the road in the SEC is impressive. Just what do you make of this matchup, and do you think that uh, this is could be a deciding factor on whether or not Kentucky can uh, continue to take that next step and possibly compete for the SEC East? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with your last point. I think it is. It's a measuring stick for Kentucky, and I actually like Kentucky. Uh, I know they're a seven-point underdog, but I think Kentucky goes into Oxford and wins in, in large part. I, I just think this is a poor matchup for Ole Miss. They don't have any receivers that really threaten you as an SEC defense. They do have an elite dynamic running attack, but Zach Evans is banged up. Uh, Jackson Dart, their quarterback, is totally unproven. And when you hear Lane Kiffin, if he's not, you know, complaining about the fans, he's downplaying how much they even trust Jackson Dart. He basically says we're trying to eliminate the catastrophic plays from our quarterback. That's not what you want to hear when you're going up against a matchup with Will Levis, who's going to score some points. Kentucky's getting back Chris Rodriguez. 
you know, this is going to be a real test of that offensive line, which has struggled all season long. But I think Kentucky makes enough plays, even though they're the seven-point dog. I think they went out right in Oxford. Texas A&M being carried by their defense so far this year, getting a win over Arkansas. They lost to Mississippi State last year, and now they go on the road to take on Mississippi State. What do you think there? Yeah, and here's one, Joe, I think a lot of people don't realize five of the last eight in this series, Mississippi State has won. So it's not like this is would be some kind of big upset if Mississippi State, who's favored in the ball game, wins at home. Obviously, they won last year, like you noted, in College Station. Texas A&M, elite defense, like you said, but they just have failed to impress on the offensive side of the ball. Now they're without Anaya Smith, unfortunately, got hurt in that Arkansas game. Devon Autrain is amazing. He's an incredible talent. He's a smaller guy, though. You know, I question whether he can sustain the workload that he is being forced to, to get there in a, for Texas A&M because they just are lacking playmakers outside of him. So I think they struggle to even score in this ball game. Mississippi State, their backs are against the wall. I've been hyping them up all offseason. They really disappointed me losing to LSU. That was a game they should have won. Uh, I think Mississippi State wins this game by, by double digits and, and gets their first big win of the season. I know that there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, games this weekend that kind of can give an idea of what's going on, not only uh, in the SEC, but just in, in college football, because you know, we get to kind of figure out a little bit more uh, of some of these teams. And the one, of course, that we're all concerned about is Arkansas and Alabama, which I'm, I'm going to be honest, Mike, you know, I haven't been feeling good about it. It's hard for me to pick the Razorbacks just because of it's been a long time, but this is their best chance to beat Alabama that they've had in a long time. And then not only do I have all that, but then I get on Twitter and I see a guy by the Twitter handle of Michael W. Bratton put out his week five predictions, and he has an Arkansas upset of Alabama this weekend. I'm going to need you to explain yourself, and or unless that was some sort of typo on your graphic. No typo whatsoever, John. Arkansas wins at home, beats Nick Saban for the first time in his Alabama career. And I'll tell you how they get it done, John. They get it done. I just, you know, I wasn't trying to bash K.J. I try to be objective. K.J. Jefferson is a lot better quarterback than he showed last week. I think he bounces back. Alabama's defensive numbers, if you just look at the statistics, are incredible. I get it. But they played UL Monroe. They played Vanderbilt. They played Texas, which they lost their starting quarterback, and even the backup quarterback was banged up. So, I mean, you look at who Alabama played, I think their statistics are skewed. Meanwhile, Arkansas, elite on the offensive side of the ball. They can hit you on the ground. They can hit you in the air. With K.J. Jefferson, he's going to have to be flawless in this game. Cannot have a turnover. They're going to have to win the turnover margin. But Alabama, I'm I'm just not buying all this hype. And I I believe I said this all offseason when we talked, John. I mean, I don't understand what people are seeing in Alabama. I think they're just seeing Nick Saban and a Heisman Trophy winner and Will Anderson. Well, I see a team that should have lost the Iron Bowl, a team that nearly lost to LSU, which had already fired its coach. I see a team that lost to Texas A&M that lost four games. And they're not that much better. I mean, they still got issues on the offensive line. They got issues at receiver. I don't think Alabama is, is all they're cracked up to beat, and, and that's not going to take away from this impressive win that Arkansas has. I, it really bothers me, John. I'm hearing all week. Well, Arkansas, they weren't really a top ten team. That was a joke. Who, who have? I mean, they've had the toughest stretch so far 
in the SEC. Uh, they should be 4-0. I think their backs are against the wall. They're going to be angry. They're going to be up for this game. Uh, Arkansas gets the outright win. I, I don't even think it's that bold of a stake. Speaking of a team with their backs against the wall, Auburn at home hosting LSU. Now, LSU hasn't been overly impressive, but I think the general consensus is that LSU is going to go in and get a win against Auburn. And we're talking about a team with their back against the wall and, and playing desperate, playing for their coach. What do you see happening there? So uh, Auburn's back is not against the wall. Their back is like through the wall, out in the yard, uh, into the dumpster can because it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a nightmare there on the plains. They have no offense whatsoever. They're still rolling out this two-quarterback system. They got a couple nice players on the defensive side of the ball, but who they really got is Tank Bigsby, and for some reason they're not giving him the ball. They don't have a single receiver that threatens you. They, they just cannot complete a pass down the field. I mean, I, people thought I was kidding when I said I, I, I thought Auburn would score nine points last week. And they scored 14. Uh, and, and I mean, that was like overshooting the moon here. And they were playing Missouri, which may be the worst team in the SEC. And they only got the extra three because of all these mistakes Missouri made. So I would be stunned if Auburn gets to 10 points in this ballgame. LSU, I think, is going to kill them. I got a 28 to 6. Uh, this is going to be one of LSU's easiest wins of the season. Do you think there was a part of that Auburn-Missouri game that factored in where Brian Harson and Eli Drinkwitz, they know each other really well, they've worked together before. you think there was any kind of factor to that? I mean, maybe Drink was saying, we'll take it easy on you, we'll hire you as our offensive coordinator uh, come next cycle. But, uh, I mean, that was just – that was disgraceful, Joe. That was the worst SEC football I've ever seen in my life. If anybody missed it, I caution you not to even go back and watch it because you'd be wasting your time. But Missouri gave that game away four different ways in the final closing minutes. And uh, yet nobody, we're all losers who watch that game. I think even Auburn came away a loser from that one. Yeah, that was uh, pretty impressive. Because correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't wasn't Missouri's kicker like an All-American or a preseason All-American? And for him to miss that time, which I know it's more than just a kicker. You know, it's the whole special teams unit that has to make it happen. But to me, that was what made it even worse is not only did you miss a, a field goal that was no further than an extra point, but you also missed it with an All-American kicker. Not only was he an All-American, John, he never in his career, this is his final year, he's never missed one from under 30. Shanked like you said, an extra point, and then in overtime, of course, we all seen the fumble, but what a lot of people missed, they jumped off sides on the Auburn's first field goal attempt that they missed, so they got a do-over, and that was the second time in that ball game they actually did that, so, I mean, it was just, it was so undisciplined, and, and uh, I'm surprised Drinkowicz, I've not been putting him on the hot seat, but, heck, I wouldn't have blamed him if they fired him after that, it was, it was that bad. Last game on the SEC slate, Georgia and Missouri, and uh, don't know if there's a need to talk about the game as far as being competitive, but can Missouri stay within the point spread? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, the, the point spread's pretty massive. It's on the road. It's at night. You know, it's not like Missouri is, is that great of a home field advantage or anything, but Georgia is down a number of receivers banged up, running backs banged up. It's tough to go on the road in the SEC and win by, I think the point spread is 29 points right now. So I think it will be about a 28-point game. So I actually like Missouri in the points. Uh, but, again, it, it's kind of similar to what I was saying about Arkansas. 
you're going to be down in the dumps or are you going to get up for the nation's number one team? You know, I think Missouri, if they got any pride whatsoever, you got to get up for this game, give it your best effort. Not that you have any chance of winning it, but you just don't want to get embarrassed on a national stage, which quite honestly is probably going to happen. But I feel bad for Missouri. So I'm giving them the one-point cover there. Well, I'm not going to feel bad for Missouri, I can tell you that. But, yes, I get I get what you're coming from, though, Mike. And uh, I know that uh, we talk a lot of SEC with you, do the SEC podcast. But uh, out of curiosity, outside the SEC, though, what, what are what's some of the things that maybe stand out to you this weekend? Do you think there will be any other upsets? Because there's a lot of good games going on this weekend outside the SEC, too. Yeah, kind of the one I've got my eye on, and I was hoping they would have lost last week so it would have locked up game day in Fayetteville. I, I know that's probably a sore subject, but I, anytime Clemson goes down, I'm a happy man. So, NC State, you know, I'm looking for them to pull the upset. Not a big Dabo Sweeney fan. I'm still waiting for him to uh, retire when he said he would when the players finally you know, have the ability to earn some money. Uh, I'm still waiting for that day to come. So, yeah, I hopefully Clemson gets knocked off by NC State. That's the, that's the game outside of the conference I'll be monitoring. How about uh, Oklahoma State, Baylor in the Big 12? You got a couple of teams that went at it for the Big 12 championship just this past season. Yeah, that's interesting. The mullet versus uh, Dave Aranda. I mean, I I love Dave Aranda, what he's doing, what he did obviously at LSU, won the national championship, played a huge part in the Tigers getting that done, and and just the job he's done with Baylor. He's in in quick fashion made them relevant again and, and really exceeded expectations. So, uh, you know, if I had to pick one, I, I would go with Baylor, and that's probably because I'm I'm not a huge gunny guy. Every time he wants a, an extension, he interviews for that Tennessee job. That's my alma mater. So he uses us to get paid. Uh, hopefully it, it comes back and bites him in the butt here. Yeah, you mentioned Tennessee. I was I was going to end it, but it, since you uh, you brought up Tennessee, they've been playing, man, extremely well. Are they legitimate? Like at what point in time? Can we start saying that this this team needs to be uh, respected as not only a good SEC team, but an SEC team that could possibly win their division? Are they there to that point? Are they already at that point, or do you need to see more from them going forward? Of course, John. That's a silly question. Tennessee's always legitimate. No. Uh, No, I I get that. I mean, the offense gives them a chance in every ballgame, and that's including Alabama. That's including Georgia. Now, the reality of it, they don't have near the roster of those teams, particularly in the line of scrimmage. They're, they're fairly weak when you're talking SEC elite caliber. So, no, I'd be crazy to sit here and say they'll beat Alabama and they'll beat Georgia and they can win the East. But, again, you know, with that offense, they get out in a, in a shootout-style game. Georgia turns the ball over a couple times. I think Tennessee does have a shot to beat those teams. And it, it, it's an exciting time to be a ball, let me tell you, because, you know, they may lose to a, to a Kentucky or a South Carolina if that, if that offense is not firing on all cylinders, but they can beat anybody in the country. They, they're averaging 50-something points per game this SEC season, number one in the conference. It's, it's, a, it's a great time to, to be a ball fan, seeing that offense go up and down and field the field. Hendon Hooker, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country, so – and it's wild how quickly Josh Heupel has turned that thing around. Well, Mike, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. It's going to be a great weekend of SEC football and just college football in general. 
and enjoy the games. I know it'll be great, and hopefully you're right about your upset pick of Bama uh, losing to Arkansas. But we appreciate it as always, man, and you have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you next week. Absolutely. Make sure to credit me after that happens. <laughs> we'll do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, we got you, Mike. We got you.